Hi guys, um, welcome back to my Build With Mel show. This is the second one and I am joined with an amazing entrepreneur, James Moore. He has a pretty cool marketplace which basically helps um, kids and young adults get connected with coaches. And we're not talking about life coaches, we're talking about true coaches um, in when it comes to training in soccer. Today will be about James and you know what James has been doing in his business and how I can basically I'll be giving him tips on what I would be doing to scale his business. So that will be the um, whole concept of show. So James, really cool talking to you just a little bit earlier, but um, just for everyone else that is joining in, trainer. So I really liked what you were telling me before and I just want to bring that back again. You were saying that you were playing at a pretty high level and you thought that your um, your actual performance could have been accelerated or even heightened if you had found um, a good coach for yourself because a coach seems to either make or break you. Can you just tell me a little bit of the backstory of that journey as to how that actually led you to create Trainer? Yeah, I guess, um, uh, so just uh, recapturing what uh, we were discussing before, um, born in Australia and uh, I grew up in uh, in Europe so I lived in Malta uh, the UK um, for the best part of 15 years uh, and obviously over in, over in Europe the main sport is um, is football soccer you call it over here in Australia but um, um, yeah so I had uh, an interesting journey there playing at a pretty high level um, but uh, I wasn't definitely the the best pick in terms of um, a player that would, would straight away be able to play professional. Um, so although I did have a few trials here and there, um, you know, I wasn't offered a, a professional spot straight away. Um, so I guess, yeah, having access to uh, probably the right coach at the right time, I, I thought, you know, if I had the right coach who could guide me in terms of the trials when I was you know, 14 or 15, um, I think I could have uh, continued uh, playing at a much higher level than I did. Uh, even so, I still managed to play at a reasonably high level, um, you know, the conference level and um, and uh, and state league level when I came back to Australia. Um, and, uh, and and I guess that pushed me into my coaching journey. Um, so I started coaching uh, in 2004 um, when I moved back to Australia. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed the coaching space um, because of that experience as a player. Uh, and mm-hmm. I was still playing at the t- same time as well, but um, I just really enjoyed coaching more. Um, you know, giving back, especially to younger players. So I was working predominantly with younger players at the start and uh, and then also I gravitated towards uh, working with some senior teams as well. Um, and yeah, through that experience, uh, I managed to uh, to go over and, and coach in Fiji and, and worked my way up to uh, becoming assistant technical director there and, uh, and then moved back to Australia with Football New South Wales as a coaching and development manager for the southern New South Wales region um, and then moved back to... Um, uh, to Victoria a few years ago and uh, became tech director um, with a few national Premier League teams. So I guess through those experiences um, as a coach and, and also having that journey, um, then in the last few years I started to get a lot of feedback from both parents and clubs as well as players that they also struggled to, to find the right coach um, for them uh, because um, the, the sports space, especially team sports, are always gravitated towards the club. And your okay. focus is on, you know, this is your coach, you know, work with that coach. So it's not really a, a choice unless you become a bit of a club hopper and jump around and, and make a choice based on based on who the coach is. But sometimes that coach might not even stay, uh, you know, the full year. So 
potentially that's a bit of a, a dangerous decision. So, um, so I guess those experiences really um, drew me towards um, starting my own sports consultancy, and then out of that, um, uh, trainer um, ended up coming out as as you know the demand for um, finding coaches was uh, was really great because most clubs and schools don't have a very large network of um, of coaches uh, and indeed actually came out with a, uh, a report last year. It was the second hardest job to fill in Australia because often the the wages and uh, the salaries for coaches are very low in comparison to what the coaches expect um, to be paid and also the marketing of those jobs itself as well isn't, uh, isn't the best. Cool. Okay. Um, so now you built Trainer and it's basically to help find those coaches. Is there um, people come on there and they're looking for coaches? Does the locality of how close the coaches are have a big impact as to you know whether they're going to it, or has COVID now completely changed that as to there is now online coaching and um, that can be just as good, or is that like is that not going to be just as good? So can you tell me about you know how important that physical part of um, coaching uh, someone in football is? Yeah, I think in Australia, um, traveling is is uh, a big part of playing sport, and especially in New South Wales, when it, when I was there, you know, people travel across Sydney um, an hour, two hours sometimes to find a really good coach. In Melbourne, mm. it's a little bit different. Um, people prepare to really travel probably only half an hour or so. So I think it depends on okay. the region that you're in. Um, but obviously, with COVID uh, and the first lockdown, well, in in Victoria anyway, um, we saw. Uh, people preferring to uh, have a coach that's that's local, that's within their, their kind of council region. And um, there was uh, a little bit of a demand for online sessions, um, but I think that was a bit gimmicky at first. And I think uh, especially with all the, um, you know, the Zoom uh, Zoom training sessions yeah. that people are offering, and the, especially with this second lockdown now, we've seen a bit of yeah. Zoom fatigue and, and there's not really that interest there. People would still prefer that physical face-to-face contact and, and feedback, um, which you just don't get uh, in a Zoom session. Even, you know, the, the best coaches and the best online facilitators um, just can't uh, replicate that um, that personal um, face-to-face experience. So that's what we found. I mean, we uh, within the first lockdown, we quickly enabled that feature to uh, to be able to book virtual sessions via Zoom. Um, mm-hmm. So we did that within, within three days of... Um, of the first COVID lockdown, but um, yeah, there hasn't been a huge demand for that, but there, there was a, a really big demand for, for one-on-one sessions especially, uh, and that was across across the country. Uh, and we saw a lot of um, A-League players and W-League players that were stood down uh, from their clubs. Um, they actually jumped on the platform and, and signed up as a, as a coach, uh, and especially a lot of the foreign coaches um, who weren't eligible for um, JobKeeper. Um, okay. Or job seeker, so they weren't yeah. eligible for any cool. government payments. So they jumped up, uh, jumped on the platform, and were able to to kind of assist them um, through that uh, that first lockdown. And now, obviously, with Sydney and, and Brisbane, which the majority were, were located in, those areas uh, are kind of back up and running. So uh, yeah, they're, they're actually uh, in a good place now. Okay, so basically, proximity does matter. So that means you kind of do need coaches dispersed all the way across the market in order to, you know, get people to book these coaches. So have you found that you need to have lots of coaches because the demand can come from pretty much anywhere within Victoria, within New South Wales? So do you 
think volume of coach availability is important. I know you were telling me something before that that actually created issues, but um, I want you to just go into that because I think it's so important in marketplaces, the um, experience you had where you have too much, you know, and then you can't service the demand. So my question back to you again is, is it a good idea to have lots of coaches because physical proximity is important? Yeah, I guess there's always that balance and the liquidity um, that uh, that you need within a marketplace. Um, yeah. Initially, uh, we started off with with around 30 coaches when we launched back in 2017, and we grew that to around 250 on the first version of our platform, um, and then we grew that to uh, 3,000 on this on our second version. Um, mm-hmm. But what we found on, with that second version was there was probably t- too many. Um, uh, and uh, and they didn't get uh, enough bookings to to be able to uh, to jump on and update their profile and, and update their availability. So when we yeah. relaunched um, earlier this year, we focused on um, the the coaches that were um, more savvy and um, and had the highest number of bookings over the last few years, and mm-hmm. uh, you know and had completed profiles or or had really good um, uh, profiles within the within the industry. And we've just focused on maximizing um, their bookings and yeah. uh, and then when it gets to a situation where we can't um, there's a specific time or location that we don't have then we just quickly go back to our previous database and our list and, and quickly onboard a few coaches to fill that demand so we're kind of manually onboarding uh, on the on a new platform but we we don't um, we don't want to do it too quickly uh, on the on the supply side until obviously the demand sides um, uh, that's yeah. fleshed out uh, in a little bit more detail. And I like that because, you know, I've played into marketplaces for so long and I know that it's such a hard, it's so easy to get um, the supply. You know, you, everyone wants to be on a platform when you tell mm-hmm. them and you I'm going to get you clients and everyone's kind of ready to do that. Are you charging any of the coaches to be on the platform or is it just a share of, you know, 15, um, 20% of the actual um, sessions? Yeah, so we, at the moment we just take a, um, uh, a marketplace fee Per transactions, there's no sign-up fee at the moment, um, and we take a, a 10% plus GST uh, fee. So 10% standard within the sports industry as a yeah. as an agent's fee. Um, so agents of um, professional sports players will will generally mm-hmm. take around 10%. So that's that's kind of the standard within sport. It's a little bit lower uh, for marketplaces in general. Most marketplaces are between 12 to to 25%. So um, yeah. when talking to investors, they were keen to kind of drive that up, but yeah. In terms of our, um, you know, ethically, in terms of what um, uh, what coaches don't, what coaches are, are used to, and and what people are used to, then ten percent is fine. Uh, mm-hmm. We'd prefer to to have other costs. So looking at more of a um, a pass option, you know, a platform as a service option, where we we have extra tools and features that we charge for um, at a later date. Have you tried? And I want to get into the whole marketing and advice and everything. And um, so I'm going to start throwing ideas just to see where I think the scale is. Have you tried to get one of the most prominent coaches, um, you know, within Australia or within um, UK or wherever you have obviously played into, to come on the platform and really be one of those ones that you can book time with that people would pay high dollars so that you can actually get your brand out there? So you'd have like celebrity coaches. Have you thought? about approaching the market in that way so you might have only three but they are you know prominent why would they be on there it's obviously you have to build that relationship with them but you might already have those have you thought about yeah i mean obviously we won't be able to get um elite coaches for instance but the next level down 
um, some of the high-profile uh, National Premier League coaches within Victoria. Yeah, definitely we have a few of them. Um, we've got a few A-League a- a- Academy coaches um, across um, Brisbane, Sydney and, and down in Melbourne as well. So we've, we've managed to get um, a few of those people on board and, um, you know, grabbing a few A-League players um, and, uh, and W-League players has, has been pretty successful um, and, and because that's enabled them to set up their um, kind of coaching profile as they transition into coaching when they, when they retire. Over in Malaysia, where we've we've also launched over in Malaysia as well, um, we've partnered with the Professional Football Association over there, and they've been really helpful in, in getting all the high-profile high coaches on board. Um, mm-hmm. So we've onboarded a lot of those guys, and um, uh, we're about to um, to push that marketing campaign out in Malaysia uh, over the next few weeks. Okay. I think that getting a face, and maybe they're not even someone that you can book on the platform, right? So maybe that's not the play that I'm talking about, but I'm saying that there's got to be, you know, um, kids and young adults that look up to particular coaches. And if you could just get them to do some sort of interview with you or some sort of, you know, um, podcast with you or some sort of content game with you where they give tips or whatever it is that they're going to do, because it's about your site getting known now so people go this is where i go to book coaches right there's a couple of different games that i think needs to be played but one of the things that i know is like this whole it's people look up to people within the sports industry and they recognize Mm -hmm. their names um so i really think there could be a big play there and it's it's something that you might actually have relationships in i think you must have some relationships with coaches yeah yeah definitely we've tried that with um uh, with two of the, the higher-profile players uh, recently, so with Daniel Georgievsky, who plays for Western Sydney Wanderers. So we did uh, an interview with him in terms of what a standard coaching session with him looks like, and we did the same with Amy Phillips, who plays for uh, New Zealand. Uh, she's one of the football ferns. So we've done that with a few uh, of the of the coaches. Um, how, did like, how did you promote it so that it get, gets known? So how did you promote that event? Yeah, so we pushed that across... Um, our Facebook uh, campaigns. Um, so we've just uh, we've just started to, to optimize those a little bit more over the last few months. So we, we yeah we found quite good traction, especially with the Daniel Georgievsky one because he's yeah. got a quite a high profile uh, yeah. within the game. Um, with the rest of the coaches, that's um, that's been more of a challenge because coaches traditionally are pretty conservative. They don't they obviously want a lot of bookings, but they don't necessarily want um, that higher profile on social media. So that's that's been a challenge let them be on the profile but those high profile that don't want to do yeah. sessions but they want branding they want to be known mm-hmm. they want to be followed there's an opportunity can we just go back to the facebook ad there that you ran yeah. to get people to come um on this webinar was it an online webinar with, that the coach was going to be like this is what i do this is my technique was that the you know what was that what happened no it was just an interview um yeah, with interview. um yeah, it was yeah. just an interview, and we recorded that and um, pushed that uh, that out via stories and and a few other um, campaigns. Oh, okay, so it wasn't a live event. Like, come and attend no. what we're doing. Okay, okay. So, if you did push it all out and did whatever, did you capture any emails of people when you did it like that? Yeah, we did. Yeah, we were able to capture quite a few emails um, from uh, from those campaigns. Okay, so can I just go through that? So you're promoting. Mm. Um, so you're promoting that, hey, this this is an event. So it's, the event's already happened, 
correct? Mm-hmm. The interviews yeah. are done. And, That's right. And then you're just promoting, showing this is what happened and what was the button that they would be, what, what's, the, what's the objective here for them? Why would they share their email with you? So how was it, how was it run? Yeah, so we um, we had some different uh, session offerings where um, so we had some drills that they could sign up for. Um, we had some cycles as well, some train at home programs, um, so they could uh, they could continue training at home um, during lockdown. Um, so yeah, th- those were the, the main drivers there. Or they could um, uh, book a session with um, with Daniel in a, for a one on one session as well. Okay, the person that you interviewed. That's right. Yeah. Okay, so I'll give you a tip on a different strategy that I mm-hmm. think would work really well for you because it's worked really great for some of my clients. Um, if you run these interviews and I want you, you can go and promote it on Eventbrite or Human Tricks or one of those mm-hmm. kind of we create that event over there. Um, in order to register for the event, you must give your email, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's a recommendatory. And it's really much more cheaper than opting into anything else. So if there, if there is going to be like A-League people, there's people you know within your network that you can come on and they will give their tips on, you know, um, how they coach how they coach the A-League or what, mm-hmm. whatever you do. If that's the kind of content, because you've got both people interested on that, both the coaching side and... Um, the actual training, the people that want training. So you've got both people that would be interested in coming to that event, right? So you host that event and it's probably a live session that's recorded and everything. Mm-hmm. You promote that event as an event that is coming up on Facebook. So um, yeah. whether you charge for that, that's your choice. You can you can charge for the event as well. So you can actually use the event as a moneymaker because you might have to pay mm-hmm. the... You might actually yeah, that's right. A-leak. So once they come um, and register for the event, you've now captured the email and it will be much more cheaper to capture the email than what you've paid to capture the email, how you did it, because lots mm-hmm. of people want it. And the cheaper the event is, the more, uh, if it's a free event even, it will be free to capture the emails. So they yeah. all come, you've got these emails, right? So then you do your event or whatever, you've got the recording, you've now got content that you can now make it even better the content so you can make those into more two minute videos have you seen the videos now that's going viral in facebook where they just have the text on the top there's like a button mm-hmm. that you press for youtube and yeah just blah 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 so you find the best bit of the where he's giving his tip and you make sure you reuse that content again right um, so you've got that now the emails that you've con- collected so great so you can now reach out to them as a follower um, with all, so you have an email sequence of things you can be sharing about, you know, hey, we've got this coach and this is the training tips that he's doing, this is what he's implementing. You can now start sending out um, things to this email list. It might be five to six emails before someone actually even um, does anything, but the emails don't cost you mm-hmm. anything apart from yeah. writing as well and writing engaging content. That same email list that you've now collected, which will get longer and longer the more events you've got. You can go back into Facebook and you can start creating lookalike audiences. Have you done mm-hmm. lookalike audiences yet? Yeah, we've we've been working on those over the last uh, two months. Yeah. So if you've got a thousand, but you need a long email list of people mm-hmm. that are virtually going to purchase. 
But by doing these events, you're getting content that's got virality mm -hmm. potential and you've got this lookalike audience opportunity that you've created mm -hmm. for yourself. Um, and then you've got this email sequence. If you talk about these email sequences and what the content that these guys are going to want to be served. So nowadays what people like to write here is like stories and how someone, you know, how someone succeeded and what are the tips mm -hmm. feeding them. But there's going to, within the email, there's usually link bait, like, mm -hmm. you know, press here and you can find out about yeah. exact tips. So you can like start linking in any blogs you're doing. So you see if they land on a particular thing, if they're interested in particular thing. With emails, you can just start yourself with one link bait per email rather than overwhelm yourself. But mm. one link bait, they land there, they check out that page. Now, once they land on this page, you know that these people are much more warmer, right? Because they've landed mm. on this particular yeah. page. Going back again to Facebook, you can now you can now put a pixel on that page. Like if they landed on this page, offer them a discount. Mm-hmm. Or offer them, um, offer them something to make the purchase because you've warned them from webinar to an email to landing, mm. landed on your page. Now, if they landed on that page, you should give them this discount. So, yeah. Or once they've also landed on that page, a pop up appears on the on that page when you scroll all the way down. Um, that hey, there's a discount or something like that that you can get, you know, for and valid for, I don't know, 72 hours or something like that. Mm -hmm. But you've had to lead them on a whole journey. So you've given them value, mm. value, value, and now you've given them a price discount. Or you've, mm. you've given them like a something that, you know, it's like, it's like, okay, now they're ready for the purchase. So the exit pop-up um, can be offered on the website. So they might buy, but maybe they need a few days and they're back on Facebook again they'll get that offer. Um, mm -hmm. So does that make sense how you kind of nurturing that funnel in and putting those mm -hmm. pics behind those pages? So I yeah, think no, yes. Yeah, no, that's that's really great uh, great feedback. We hadn't thought of the uh, the webinar actually and that's yeah, I think that um, that funnel uh, is is quite a good process to to lead them Very through. Cool. I mean, we have used we have used blogs and, and um, some drip email campaigns, but uh, yeah, yeah I, I definitely like that that process um, and uh, and leading them through that, uh, uh, you know, and changing them from from a cold lead to uh, to a warm lead. So yeah, that's definitely something we'll have a look at and see if we can implement. Yeah, definitely do the webinar. It's really cheap right now. Like you won't believe like how much it costs you to capture it. Just make mm -hmm. sure you do advertise that webinar. Like mm -hmm. you make content really good. You know, really, mm. a really hot topic, like how X, Y, Z coaches A leagues. You know, mm. like it really has to be. Like I have to attend that, but to yeah. the point, like, I'll be happy to pay for that. You know, mm. um, and if you wanna, if you want it to be like, so you wanna qualify the people that come in, you can put a price on that. You know, mm. like you don't want it to be everyone's coming for free. But if you're more interested in just trying to understand who's interested and still trying to get that process, you can give some away for free and then you can move on to pet. So I, I think Facebook is the main game because it is a consumer-based approach because you want to get bookings. When you were doing the Google ads and everything, how many people are actively actually going on Google and looking for these coaches 
to make a purchasing decision? Were you able to get down to the data of how, you know, how many how many people are typing in X keywords? Have you got that kind of laid out or not yet? Yeah, yeah, we've done a little bit of uh, keyword research for, for all the main keywords. So generally, uh, you know, within each state, there's, um, well, at the moment, there's there's around 200 per, per week that um, that are searching, you know, within each each city for, for each of the main keywords. And then for some of the smaller keywords, that's that goes down to 100, then 50, then, then 30. So in total, there's, there's generally, you know, a, a, around 1,000 or so that are um, searching in each of the major um, cities across, uh, definitely across the, the eastern seaboard and then even within. Um, Adelaide, there's there's a smaller number, and, and Perth is a slightly larger number than um, than Adelaide. Okay, and tell me, like, are you once you've known the keywords, right? I, I checked out your URL. I don't know if I've gone to the right one. Trainer.co mm-hmm. is what I checked out. So when I go onto your um, when I go onto your uh, link, like James Moore, um, do you have a canical canical URL for that? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's that's set up. So. Um, that's actually been pretty useful for um, one of the Matildas that we um, encouraged us to sign up on the platform. So Alex Chidiak, who plays for Atletico Madrid. Um, so if you just type her name in coaching, then um, our link is uh, is the first thing that comes up. Um, and okay. that's happened with, with a few of the other more high-profile um, players that, that haven't really done anything in terms of coaching. This is their first coaching um, opportunity uh, that, they've, that they've done. So, so yeah, we're, we're the first... Um, link that pops up there with um, with coaching and their name. Okay. So what I was going to recommend to you, so I'm moving on to a bit more SEO because I kind of told you mm-hmm. what to do with Facebook um, yeah. because, you know, SEO is a really important long game <laughs> to play mm-hmm. in my places, very long game. But um, what I was just going to say was when I was looking at, I'm just going to talk about yours, like James mm-hmm. Moore, um, mm-hmm. the way it comes up is trainer.co slash coaches slash seven mm-hmm. slash James um, dash M-U-I-R, okay? Yeah, that's right. Now, I would be looking at the URL, like I would be changing that URL and you can still keep mm-hmm. this URL, but it's a canical URL. I would be having a URL which I would make Google know that my URL, this is my secondary URL, this is my first URL. Mm-hmm. It should be um, trainer.co slash um, Victoria. Mm-hmm slash the keyword that you're targeting. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if people actually type in soccer coaches here or football mm-hmm. coaches. It yeah. should be football coaches. Well, yeah, there's a mi- I guess there's a mixture. So just choose the best one that's got the highest yeah. value. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then slash James Moore. And what, yeah. why I tell you about URL is because now all of a sudden Google is understanding and that will happen for all of the coaches throughout the whole site. So if they're in New South Wales, it will say New South Wales. Other techniques that um, I've seen that work even more because if people are searching by postcode, you'd want that postcode to be up there as well. Okay, so great. Yeah, that's a really good idea. So New South Wales slash like Croydon, uh, sorry, Victoria slash Croydon mm-hmm. slash blah, 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 James Moore, you know, a slash yeah. coach. You, that URL really will help you get Google to better understand you. Mm. Okay. So that's something I, you'll see like traffic straight away. Your summary page, okay, like of your site, um, have you have you embedded the keywords in here for your summary? 
we've started uh, we're starting to, to optimize that at the, at the moment so we're going back and, and redoing all the um, the profiles um, and embedding the keywords in there okay so you can actually run a automation for every mm -hmm. description and title page for um, like a, you can create a script so that you don't have to do it for every person. Um, so if you know a little bit about the SEO, you know in WordPress is a Yoast thing, you can run mm -hmm. a search so every time someone joins, their meta description will just be, you know, um, a collection of where they're based, like Victoria, mm -hmm. Gordon, um, will have a keyword, you know, like the keyword, it will be like this, um, he's a soccer coach or he's a football coach, whatever the keywords mm -hmm. are that you yeah. Um, so James Moore is a you know premier football coach. So that premier football coach will always be for everyone. Mm -hmm. Unless you've got a drop down of you know the different coaches, it will be replaced by whatever they. Um, his highest qualification is B license, which will be depending on. He's been coaching for fifteen years, which is dynamic mm -hmm. coming from the profile. Do you see what I'm saying? Like all the description yeah. comes from the profile, and the meta description is then unique to each person. But it's just a script. So every mm -hmm. time that someone joins your profile, there should be a meta that is automatically created for Google. Okay, you know, that's uh, that's really great. That's a great tip. Okay. We'll definitely have a look at that. So scripting your meta and page title is what I recommend. Mm -hmm. And for your summary, um, for this whole summary session you've got, the longer you put some, you know, and inject keywords into everyone's, the better mm -hmm. result really going to get yeah have you got any blogs or anything yet that you've yeah yet? there we go yeah okay. we've, yeah we started pushing um quite a few blogs out over the last yeah. uh few weeks i guess that's been our focus yeah. during lockdown um has, has okay. been to you know develop a lot more blog content okay so when you develop blog content um there are some tools that you need to look so instead of writing whatever you think people are you want to know, like, for those keywords, if you go put those keywords into Google, right? And this is my um, secret tip. Mm -hmm. What is the first blog that appears for that keyword? Okay. And I want you to write that blog again mm -hmm. with longer, similar title, but a better title that's more of a hook than what they have. So if they've got seven mm -hmm. things, write seven things that you need to know about coaching, I want you to write about 10 things. Mm -hmm. You know about coaching. Yeah. Does that you've got to outbeat the yeah block that is there? Yeah, we, yeah. So that that that's the skyscraping technique that we've just started to, to implement. So we've, okay. yeah, we've definitely started looking at that. Because you've got here top coaches in Sydney, right? I'd want to mm -hmm. see top ten coaches, and I, I want not just coaches because coaches is so expansive. I would want to narrow that down. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure the keyword is not coaches that you're trying to rank for. I'm sure the keyword is like soccer coaches or um, football coaches. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's, uh, that's a good tip. So I would go back and just the blogs you've already written, I would optimize them. Mm. So I would, if you leave these blogs and don't do anything with these blogs, by the way, it's going to actually not be helpful at all. So having mm -hmm. bad content that is actually going to not, then your other content won't perform. Mm. So go back and just rewrite this content or get rid of it. Mm -hmm. Content is a real really a major game and it has to be hook like content, like fifteen 
things you must know or 15 things if you don't do, you'll never be number one. Do you see how mm-hmm. I'm playing that emotion? So I would yeah. love the I'd love to see each of the profiles optimized, like I said. I think that's going to be the biggest pay because when I played into marketplaces, I've seen that pays the most when you actually, but through scripting because you can't manually do all of them as you scale. Mm -hmm. And then for blogs, um, the skyscraping technique, exactly what you said, but your current blogs, if you don't do them well and if Mm -hmm. you don't write them, they're going to hold you down. It's going to be like no one's going to these, no one's clicking on these, no one's interested in these. So, right. so you've got to remember that, that Google penalizes that too, that mm-hmm. if you've got crap content against good content, it's not going to do It's got to be all good or don't publish. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. So I've told you about the, some of the UI UX that mm-hmm. yeah, you should try and get that exit pop-ups or create some you know warm things. And I, I do do it through HubSpot, but yes, it mm-hmm. does slow down your page because you do use a plugin, but um, if you can drive the traffic through those webinars, like I told you, mm-hmm. and then over here, um, and you can actually have the chat appear in some pages and not all, if you're concerned about that, because every page okay. is differently by Google. Yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. That's, uh, so, that's a good point. So tell me like what other, um, you know, what other marketing um, techniques are you thinking that could really help? Yeah, so the other one has been um, our email campaigns. Um, so we've we've developed quite a good list, obviously, o- over the for the last few years. So we've got around uh, four and a half thousand on our um, current email list that we've segmented into a few different um, uh, groups, and um, you know they get specific um, campaigns based on uh, on which group, and then we we segment each of those again. So we've we've started to to kind of double down on. Uh, on that and, and improve that uh, experience for uh, for the users as well. Okay, okay. So you've got you've got the email list, the webinar. I want to just wanted to go back to that because it's mm-hmm. um, I think it's a really good idea. And I said like you know you can use some of that content. It would have been really cool to see you have a that webinar turned into a podcast. Mm-hmm. So just like building a bit of a brand that people start following about tips and techniques on coaching. Um, mm-hmm. Because you are doing hopefully um, high caliber people, mm-hmm. and it's just basically just turning that voice into a podcast. Because now people with want to learn so much in education, they're looking for things that they're really interested in, you know. And you can start; you, it's not a bit big effort for you because mm-hmm. you're just doing these interviews and you're literally just taking the audio and putting it into a podcast. And yeah, not people. Not everyone's doing it. But if you've got four thousand people on your email list um, and you're hitting them with this content or whatever, but the podcast people will literally go, I know that people that are into sports, they want to have knowledge mm-hmm. and you can then all of a sudden build a brand um, for yourself, but you're just bringing on these webinars, you're bringing on people and then knowing about it. And I think that brand building is going to accelerate your growth really quickly. Like mm-hmm. brand building, bringing really high caliber people, even charging for that, then offering it in a podcast later is, uh, I think that could be a really great strategy and I would play to that using that one piece of content and repurposing it so, so well into so many other places. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, no, that's, that's, uh, 
that's something I think we've, we'd definitely be interested in doing. So, yeah, I'll, I'll definitely look into that in some more detail. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, James, do you have any other questions that is going through your mind from our chat that you wanted to like cover? Um, yeah, I guess um, if there's any other growth hacking tips that you'd you'd recommend now that you've you've had a uh, obviously look at our platform and um, have a good understanding of now how how it works as well. Yeah, yeah, I really do think SEO is the game and Facebook mm. is the game. You know, like I really think there is so much automations that you could do, but I just think that in order to scale, you're going to need a brand here. Mm-hmm. I really. And because you're playing in such a niche and I could tell you there's so many other growth hacking things like you could be setting up automations that you connect with um, people that you think are interested in book making and booking and sending messages to them all day but it's just not going to work because it's consumer you know mm-hmm. uh, whereas in business B2B if you're targeting a B2B audience there's lots of different ways that you can really target them and talk to them um, but this is like a this is more about you getting to masses, you know, to really mm. lots of people knowing and talking about, hey, did you know about Trina? Hey, do, this is what you need to do. And that's why I'm saying like these kind of content is going to, content is going to be your game and being able to mm. podcast and stay committed to it over a really long time, I think is going to get you huge amounts of um, growth. So yeah, I, what, I wouldn't do the other kind of automations that I would for other people because when it's a B2C proposition, you have to play a really big game. Try, and you've been playing that game, like try and get lots of people and keep them yeah. engaged and keep them so that they talk. Because if they don't make the buying choice, they'll talk to someone else that does um, mm-hmm. make the buying choice. It becomes really brand heavy about that, you know, this per- like it becomes really about branding and people constantly thinking about trainer and I think trainer's a really great name by the way I must say didn't get to compliment you on that oh thanks so I think I think that's a fantastic name so it's really easy to remember um the other games like you know in terms of growth I think that I um really creative content you Mm. know video content if you um I don't know if you've done much video content to get what trainer does for people or share success stories. Have you done any of that yet? We've only really done a few interviews with some of the coaches. We did our um, launch video. So that's, yeah, that's something I think um, some more explainer videos and um, some more shorter uh, videos is something that we're uh, going to look yeah. to do and and, the, and those actual training, what a training session looks like as well. So we're yeah. trying to, um, to get those recorded. Yeah, but more like really those dynamic those dynamic videos, like what should a trainer do for you, you know, like mm. quite clearly. And like I have visions of the video that you could do. And I think that when you when you get to creative videos that make people in their mind go, where trainer is the place I need to go to find high quality mm-hmm. coaching. This is, can change my life. That's how I would be doing it. And the videos have to be those with those music going on, you know, mm-hmm. and going and I would be getting your customers to talk about it, like people that have used trainer. So rather than the coaches, but people that are like, literally I would want them to be like, trainers change my life. Okay, yeah, no, that's that's quite good. So, yeah, we hadn't, thought, want, we hadn't thought of that. So you want customers, so you've got to get customers to talk about how mm-hmm. trainers change their life and how they were here and now they're here and they're literally on video saying that and there's like music at the background and you're kind of... Um, you're, you're, you're posting that 
through to go, okay, this is why you need to be on trainer. So think about like really um, look at what the competitors are doing or look at companies that are not maybe doing what you're doing, but what videos are really attractive and have done well and try mm-hmm. to create those kind of short one to two minute videos. Um, and you can do that a little bit later, but I, the other strategies I told you, they're really the most important I would play, mm-hmm. but content creation of videos that give reviews. The other thing on your site, like I didn't see too many reviews, so I would focus on getting reviews against yourself and everyone that you can. So mm-hmm. um, because reviews, if you've got like a thousand reviews, that makes people get, get um, social proofing and that's kind of missing. So if I go through, in summary, my recommendation mm-hmm. yeah. for you, um, the webinar um, with Facebook ads promoting that webinar, and I would love to see an A-list, A-lead person on the mm-hmm. webinar, grabbing thousands of emails from that. Then you are sending an email sequence with a clickbait on, um, you know, thanks for attending, um, check out blah, 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 land them on a page. When they do land mm-hmm. on that page, show them an exit pop-up with a discount of some sort and set up another Facebook ad that if they do land on that page, they will get some sort of deal or discount um, in Facebook for anyone that lands on that page and spends, I don't know, more than five seconds on that page. Mm-hmm. Search engine optimization, changing those URLs, setting up a script for the meta description and page titles, and adding more to the summary pages um, of each of your pages. Podcast, I think, could be amazing as well. So there, everything. And then finally, finally, once you get to this point, when you bite off all this, I think these amazing videos that mm. that how trainer has changed my life and this is where I was and this is where I am now because of um, trainer and how they've been able to help me find blah 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 and I would that would just be for brand building exercises that's my whole tip for you yeah no that's that that's really great there's some great tips there so there's definitely some stuff to get started on uh, just do a little at a time you can write yeah. each at a time Okay, James, well, I hope that was helpful and you got out of it. And I appreciate you so much for coming on and sharing so openly and so candidly about No problem. Um, no, it's been fantastic. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much and um, keep in touch and get in touch if you need any help whatsoever. Will do. Cheers. Thank, Thank you. you. Thanks, Mel.